It has been said that sometimes the loudest sound that can be heard is that of silence. And upon the cross, this is exactly what our Savior experienced. As we come to our fourth word, our fourth phrase, there's two things that Jesus really points out to us in these final moments. The first one is that Jesus taught us in the scriptures that it is important for us to feast on scriptures day and tonight, to have them in our hearts, to have them on our hearts, because scripture is significant and important. He also demonstrated this in his own life when he went into the wilderness and was tempted by Satan and rebuked him with scripture. Jesus repeatedly throughout the New Testament went to the scripture for encouragement, for strength, for teaching and rebuking. Over 70 times in the New Testament, Jesus makes reference to the Old Testament scriptures. And now, in this darkest moment upon the cross, Jesus once again returns to the scriptures. Jesus remains obedient to his Father and he clings to the words that God gave man. It was upon this terrible, beautiful cross that Christ would take on the consequences of humanity. Taking upon himself the sins of the world, Christ in this moment is alone. He is abandoned to the darkness that was owed you and I. It was near the ninth hour and darkness has now covered the whole land. And there on that hill stood that cross. And upon it was nailed the sacrificial lamb for all. In his despair and his anguish, Jesus on the cross cries out this fourth phrase when he says, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani? Which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? To be forsaken is to be forgotten. To have somebody to turn their back to you. And in this, what seems like a victorious moment for the enemy, Christ feels the full emptiness of not having the Father to look to. Jesus, taking on our sin, cries out. And God the Father remains silent. Jesus, remaining true to whom he says he is, embraces the object of his suffering and the object of God's wrath, and yet asks God a question. Why have you forsaken me? When Jesus asks this question, I believe in my heart that God did hear him 
For this was not the first time that God would hear this question. Because you see, loving the scriptures and finding the scriptures significant and important, when Jesus cries out those words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's going back to the Old Testament scriptures, Psalm 22, verse 1, where David cries out to God, feeling abandoned and feeling lonely. David uttered these words to God when he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? This psalm of David was a moment in the life of David where he too, as well as the people of Israel, felt abandoned and distraught. Alone, for God was silent. What is fascinating to me about Jesus Christ's use of this phrase is that Psalm 22 does not end there. Because at the end of Psalm 22, we see a triumphant victory for, the, for God. God does not abandon his people, but he delivers them and he saves them. And so we might ask the question that here in this moment, feeling abandoned by his father, by his daddy, by Abba. And as hard as it must have been for Christ to not hear a return, when he utters those words, why have you forsaken me? knowing full well the scripture that he is quoting from, is in fact Jesus pointing us to a victory yet to come. Just as God delivered David. Is Jesus, in using these words of despair, in fact pointing us to the resurrection to come? God surely, in this moment, did not answer the Christ. But I ask you this question. Did God answer the question? I think as we read through our scripture passage, we can see that in fact God does answer the question. Why did God forsake him? The simple answer is sin. It is the enemy of God. And because Jesus took on all of our sins upon himself, then God must part ways, must turn away from sin. But see, I believe that God did answer Jesus' question on the cross. It just comes in a different way than what we would anticipate. As we know, this is the way that God likes to work. The answer that God gives to Jesus Christ on the cross comes in the form of a centurion standing, looking upon the lifeless, dead body of Jesus. Obediently, Jesus goes to the cross and he lays down his life for us. And after this moment of his final breath, he hangs on the cross, dead. The sky grows dark, the temple is rocked, the veil is torn, and sin seems to have won in this moment. But standing in front of the cross is a battle-hardened centurion, schooled in the ways of pain and torture. 
Death and the crucifixion were a common thing for this man. You might say that he has even become calloused to the screams. He has seen every moment of this drama of Christ unfold before his eyes. And as he stood before the lifeless, lifeless course, corpse of our Jesus, something this time was different. This centurion would be forever changed as he utters these words at the foot of the cross. Surely this man was the Son of God. Why, Father, have you forsaken me? God's answer to us is so that men and women like this centurion may confess that Jesus is the Son of God. And through Jesus' obedience to God, people will come to the Father. And through your obedience to Christ, people will confess him as their Lord and as their Savior. I wish to leave you with these words that we often read in Scripture and we glaze by them as if they've lost significance. So I would ask now that you would bow your head and close your eyes and allow your heart to listen to what John tells us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Whether sitting or kneeling, would you please join me as we pray. O Lord Jesus Christ, who by your death upon the cross bore the sin of the world, the pain of our lostness and the judgment that we deserved. We praise you for bearing what we could never bear, to win for us what we could never earn, the gift of everlasting life. Oh, how we adore you for your giving us a gift so priceless, Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, Amen. Amen.